it's gone. It's a grand slam. And that's the ball game. This is the Prospects Baseball Show, your inside look at the boys and girls of summer. Here's your hosts, Dean Millard and Jordan Blundell. Welcome to the program. My name is Dean Millard, the head coach and the AGM of the Edmonton Prospects. Jordan Blundell is with me as always. The uh, The Ironman streak continues. You haven't missed a show this year. Congratulations. <laughs> Lou Gehrig. <laughs> uh, well, we, actually, you, you haven't missed a show. We did miss a week when I was on vacation. So uh, your Ironman streak. Yeah, my, my iron strike <laughs> ended. Yours is not affected. Yours yeah, is... Uh, yeah. Yours is still going on. Unforeseen circumstances. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Okay, we got an awesome show lined up for you. We'll check in with Jordan about uh, what's going on with the ballpark in the River Valley. The voice of the Red Deer Rebels, Cam Moon, is going to join us. And you might think we're out of our minds for bringing a hockey play-by-play guy on until you hear the interview and you find out how much of a baseball fanatic Cam Moon is. I mean... I, when I worked at RDTV, him and I became pretty close, and I would say to him, like, what do you do on the road trips? He's like, I listen to ball games on Sirius XM all the time. <laughs> Loves baseball. His son played professionally. Uh, so some really good stories from uh, from Cam Moon, um, who uh, was, was at a lot of your games this year. Yeah. Uh, I interviewed him. I, I hosted the home opener on uh, the, in, like, May 26th or 27th or whatever it was this year. He was at the game, and I actually interviewed him. He, here's a connection to your team. When he was in Nate at the broadcasting program, he had to go talk to different broadcasters. He went and talked to Al Coates. Oh, there it is. Play-by-play guy. So <laughs> full circle for Cam Moon. Uh, so he'll tell us some great stories. And he's a good storyteller, too. Yeah. Just an awesome dude. Yeah. One of the nicest guys in the uh, in the media business, for sure. Um, so looking forward to uh, bringing that conversation. And I'm also looking forward to this and getting our uh, listener interaction because we got a lot of it again. We got a lot of movies last time. We're doing top five nicknames in baseball. This is going to be awesome because I think baseball probably has the best nicknames out of any sport. Hockey, it's like uh, Gretz or Gretter or Mess or Simmer, (laughs) Fierzy, like like slats oh so creative baseball actually there's history behind a lot of the nicknames Uh, and a wild 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 weekend in baseball we'll get all of it we'll get to all of it right now god i'm looking at the curveball let's go around the horn and get the big news in baseball okay so um the big news that everybody is waiting for in Edmonton is your news. Um, is there anything you can lay down on us as we approach uh, now seven days until the end of the month? Yeah. Um, you know that thing they talk about, the process needs to be played out, and then we got to get through it. It's a long season. Like you know, Ben Simmons? Or yeah. what's the guy? Who's the guy? Joel Embiid? Is he yeah. the process? Yeah, the, uh, the process is still underway. Uh, we're working working towards uh, being able to, you know, uh, make an announcement one way or the other. Um, you know, like I've said before, the, the city the city has a lot of moving parts here with the river crossing plan and 
Um, you know, they're working through their end of things. Um, you know, hopefully we're, we're a little bit closer to some sort of finality. Um, we, you know, we obviously would love that as an organization and as a business, uh, to, to kind of get going, moving forward. And, and, you know, we want to be able to connect with our fans and, you know, frankly, at the end of the day, we want to be able to, you know, like I said, put this, put this to rest one way or the other and, and move forward with our lives. And we're, we're very hopeful that that includes Remax field. All right, so you have to be patient. Uh, you, you know, you can't start r- ranting and raving on uh, social media because uh, this does have to play out. Um, I, I just hope for your sake that when this decision is made, it goes in, in your favor because um, you're rapidly running out of time to get the season ready for next year. So, uh, you know, and, and I'm sure the city is, is well aware of that. Uh, you know, the, listen, um John Arcandia told us uh, the, the process down in Calgary. And I think Edmonton maybe has learned something from that. And they're not just going to be swayed by somebody that comes in and wants to build a monorail, uh, like in the Simpsons, monorail, right? Monorail, monorail. monorail. <laughs> you know, like the, the, they don't want to end up with the monorail here. Yeah. They want to end up with a tenant who cares about baseball in this city. And as that is going to be a long-term tenant in the city. So I do understand the process, even though, I just want to announce whatever happens, happens, and, and we can uh, we can get on with it. So hopefully the, next week. Yeah, the new age monorail is the gondola. We'll That's maybe right. get yeah, that yeah, to yeah. land down there in the river crossing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're not building a monorail. We want a gondola. That's exactly <laughs> it. Um, so, well, hopefully we'll hear, uh, hear something next week or, yeah. or during the week. or And, you know, uh, you can, you can uh, follow along um, on social media, and, and you can keep it locked on. Uh, you know, you can keep it locked on us here on the – the Prospects Pod, uh, that's the Prospects Baseball Show. Uh, we will bring you the information as soon as we can. Uh, but if you do want to stay in touch, make sure you are following the Prospects Baseball team on Twitter. And that's at EDM Prospects. Uh, you can get Jordan at Jordan Blundell 4. You can get me at Duck Millard. The show is at Prospects Pod. Uh, but the team Twitter is at EDM Prospects. And, and I would imagine... Um, you know, you guys, uh, as, if, if you get a good news situation, you'll want to get that out there as soon as possible. Sure. Uh, you can also check out the website for all the team needs at www.prospectsbaseballclub.com. And this show is prospectsbaseballshow.ca. Well, we, uh, although we don't have information or news one way or the other, Dino, we've had a couple of unreal events the last two weekends. You have. VegFest, uh, you know, there was thousands of people. I'm still waiting to get the actual numbers, but, you know, 4,000 plus went through mm-hmm. the ballpark that day to experience uh, VegFest. And then this past weekend, Alberta Beer Festival hosted their event, which last year, unfortunately, there was some weather issues. And this year we had the exact opposite. Yeah, I'm so happy for that group. I'm so happy for uh, the event to be able to experience that kind of weather down at Remax Field. Um, it was a great event. A lot of people came down. At some point, I'll be able to to share the exact numbers as we, you know, kick through mm-hmm. all the 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 final logistics of everything. But man, that that was really cool. Uh, we're really happy to be able to do that for for Alberta Beer Festivals. We think an outdoor event for them is is such a great fit. Uh, so far, so do they. They think it's a, it's an awesome fit for what they're doing. And then for the people that do attend, the Edmontonians that come down to get that weather, experience our park, all the things we talk about, we love the sight lines. Uh, that there's an energy in there, especially when you start getting people in there. And it, it makes them maybe say, hey, "I'm going to come back and check out a ball game." Exactly. 
Okay, um, let's talk about uh, the weekend that was in uh, Major League Baseball. Specifically, what went on with the Cubs yeah. and the Cardinals. Like, I, I think this is the death blow for the uh, Chicago Cubs. So, they lost in the 10th inning on Thursday. They lost by one run on Friday. They lost 9-8 on Saturday after leading by two three different times. And then they lost in the ninth inning on Sunday where they led going into the ninth inning and lost 3-2. They were swept at home. Like, that's bad enough. But they also, in getting swept, allowed the Cardinals to clinch. Yeah. Like, they ba- the Cardinals basically moved in and kicked the Cubs yeah. out, and they owned Wrigley Field <laughs> yeah. for, for this past weekend. And, and that's a big-time rivalry. Uh, it, it, oh, Fans. Like, that would be like the, that families, would be the Dodgers clinching in San Francisco, yeah. right? Yeah. And, that, and that goes back to Brooklyn yep. and, and New York. So now you look at the Central Division standings. You know, the Cubs were three games back going into this series. They're now four as St. Louis has clinched. And the uh, the Brewers are in between them. So they're not catching the Cardinals, obviously. They already clinched. But they fall deeper in the wild card race. Chicago, they were there. They yep. were even for the wild card. They're now four games back of Washington and Milwaukee in front of them. And uh, I think the magic number is three uh, for the Chicago Cubs now or something like that. But if you're a Cubs fan, you just got owned. And and if you're a Cubs fan, you're not answering the phone if any Cardinals fan calls you. Oh, it's uh, that rivalry is like the Montagues and the Capulets and uh, Romeo and Juliet. Like Good there, one. There is some serious... Uh, you know, born in hatred for the other the other side, uh, for the cards to walk into Wrigley and do that. And the one game, it was two pitches with Craig Kimbrell on the mound. Game tying by Yadier. The guy that they went out and, you know, like he's their guy. <laughs> to shut this down, to stop this, the stopper. One of the best in baseball too. And for this to happen at home, uh, back-to-back on consecutive pitches to be up a run and now down a run. To your hated rival, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, I think the, the that's the nail in the coffin there for the, the Cubs season. Even some of the best give up uh, deep shots. Ask Dennis Eckersley. It happened <laughs> with Gibson, and then it happened with Alomar. Yeah. Right? Like, uh, even the best sometimes. Historic home runs. Sometimes uh, fall to that. So, and and kind of the subplot with all of this is yeah. Joe Madden yeah. kind of, he's, he's his contract is up, and you know, I've read different things this year where the Cubs were mad at Madden because he started talking about it in the media and he wasn't supposed to. Um, you know, this is a guy, like, listen, I don't think Joe Madden is worried about job security. Uh, what he did in Tampa Bay and what he did in Chicago will get him another job. If you're the Cubs, aren't you doing everything to keep him? Or are you saying we need a different voice now because this happened? Well, let's delve into the Cubs' uh, front office and coaching situation. Um, there's talk and rumors and whispers that perhaps Theo Epstein isn't long for Chicago. There is an opening in Boston as Dombrowski was fired. So can you imagine that again? There's a possible connection there. Um, what about, okay. They left Joe Madden hanging here this year, you know, lame duck manager, no extension, um, high, very highly paid. I think it's 6 million a year. So, um, you know, he's made that for a few years, so he's fine. He's safe. Um, but there, there wasn't that vote of confidence and there were some issues with, um, you know, how some players were used, uh, on the field, you know, uh, strategically, um, there was some, 
Joe Mad maybe versus some of the analytics and some of the things that were going on. And, and then there's some uh, uniqueness about Joe and how he runs runs his clubhouse and runs his team throughout the season. There were times where they shut down the cage, like no BP, you guys are fine. Just, just show up and play and rest and some things like that. And there were some conflicting stories of whether that was the right way to do things. They did win during that mm-hmm. period. So um, proved it on the field. Um, but you know what? It, it, at this point, with this tail tailspin out of the playoffs, I mean, it would be it would be tough to see them re up for multiple years at this point. So, so, do you think the Cubs are like calling Joe Madden up right now and saying, "Hey, you know, we want to talk contract extension"? And basically, he's like, "Let me think it over, will you, Charlie? I got a guy <laughs> on the other line about some white walls. I'll talk to you later." Like he's giving him the Lou Brown oh, treatment. Like yeah. I'm gone. I'm going somewhere else here. Do you think that's the case? Yeah, you know, publicly, Joe's going to say he wants to stay with sure. Chicago. You know, he'll play that that card, and that's the card that needs to be played and should be played. Um, he obviously meant a lot to that franchise. Uh, you know, get a ring and uh, break that curse. Um, there are some jobs coming available here, mm-hmm. um, and we can touch on that, yeah. we can touch on a couple of those opportunities. Yeah, well, Ned Yost announcing today he's going to retire, and you know that there, there's a guy who has nothing left to prove after uh, doing some pretty good things with the Royals. Mm-hmm. Um, Bruce Bochy is retiring, probably going to get into the Hall of Fame with yeah. the three World Series championships and two thousand wins. And there's uh, there's some other guys. San uh, Diego uh, just let go of their manager Andy Green. That's so. right. You know, Joe's got, uh, Joe Madden's got a connection to the West Coast with the Angels and being uh, Mike Sosha's bench boss there for for a number of years before going to Tampa Bay and taking that opportunity. Um, so so Giants, Royals, Padres. Let's just look at those three. Aren't you going to the Giants if you're going anywhere? What a ballpark. What a special uh, and, and place. A, and, a, and a team that... You know they're not. They might not win every year, but they like, every second year. Every second year, right? <laughs> like every even year. Yeah. Like they now, it depends what they do with um, with Mad Bum and some of those things. But Padres, Royals, or Giants, which would be the most attractive job for you if you were uh, if you were Joe Madden? I'll tell you what the the Padres have an unbelievable set of a nucleus that is young, athletic. Fernando Tatis Jr. Mm-hmm. They've got a middle guy, Manny Machado. They've got Chris Paddock. Uh, yeah, that would, Machado would be a reason I wouldn't go there. Yeah, yeah, potentially. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to coach that guy. Like the, <laughs> the, and I'm just speaking when the, the Dodgers picked him up and he's not running out ground balls in the World Series, get out. Yeah, yeah, there's there's some issues there, perhaps. Um, there's There may be some things that we don't know uh, Here, this fully. Is my, this is my opinion of uh, Manny Machado with the Dodgers. That's a crock of crap. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, was a, it was a crock of crap, Wayne. Wayner. <laughs> Gretter. Gretter. Uh, you know what, uh, leaving the Manny Machado, uh, love fest aside, San Diego, I mean, mm-hmm. that part of the country. It's so, is there a, is it's there a so more beautiful, beautiful city in the, you know, in the so, States? SoCal, you know, Joe Madden spent a lot of time down there. You get to walk yeah. past the Tony Gwynn statue every day. <laughs> like San Diego would be an appealing setup yeah. with the amount of talent. Like Fernando the Tatis zoo. Jr. is, is like, like a Vladdy Guerrero type, like uh, unbelievable talent. That, I that, think that's where they filmed Three's Company. <laughs> the, m- even more reasons to, right. to, to choose the podcast. Go hang out with Chris. But, but let's get into it. Like the, the Really seat. quickly, sorry. Yep. I went to the Regal Beagle in Vancouver <laughs> twice this past weekend. <laughs> like I drove past it. I'm like, I'm hanging out there. Yep. So I actually hung out at the Regal Beagle. No Larry. 
and Mr. Furley didn't catch me uh, uh, hitting on a stewardess, uh, so I wouldn't be able to live with Chrissy and Janet anyway. That's the end of my uh, threes company stuff. So when we look at uh, some, there's some other teams, you know, that, that once we get through the season, uh, you know, there may be some questions in Philadelphia. That's a good point. Uh, Long term, what are, what's their direction? Uh, they want to spend money. Things didn't work out. You know, I don't think it's necessarily Gabe Kapler's fault. They had some injuries on the pitching staff. Some things didn't come into peace for their some pitching staff. Some big studs didn't exactly perform all season like they were supposed to. You know, I, I, I hear you, and I've got Bryce Harper in my fantasy. Um, he's he a, just wasn't Mike Trout, and that's what I know. And that's that, what the equivalent should be. I know. With all the hype with Bryce Harper, he should be Mike Trout. He had a pretty good year, but not Mike Trout. Not Mike Trout. You know, he was 30-plus, 100-plus, had like 10 stolen bags. That's okay. He should be – he needs to hit more than 40 home Huge. runs a year. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, for the, for the, I'm just saying for yep. the hype around Bryce Harper, he should be a 40 home run guy. Yeah, well, he's he's got another 12 years to kind of figure out a way there. He, and he probably could. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm probably – you know, he, he's had a good career. Yeah. But, you know, they're like, don't you There's think – There's another like, level do, they need him to when get When you to. look at the best player all around in baseball, is it not Mike Trout? It is Mike Trout. And then you're looking at some of these guys yeah, like, and, and like Lindor, like Fernando Tatis Jr. Acuna Jr., Bellinger. Like, there's all these guys that are aspiring to be Mike Trout. It, it's not Bryce Harper yet. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So how about uh, Nick Castellano? Um, 60 doubles he's uh, closing in on, which I don't know when, when. Hasn't been done since 1936. Two guys did it. Joe Medwick hit 64 doubles and uh, Charlie Gehringer. It's 60. Hasn't been done since 1936. How, how, with the amount of speed and and well, balls are flying talent, out. Are, I guess there's the more home runs. Ball. I don't know. Like, but yeah, it's, it's crazy that... Balls are getting to the field are faster yeah. and they're not being able to get to second. I don't know. Like It seems insane that that hasn't happened since 1936. It's a lot of doubles to hit. There's yeah, a, yeah. But there's a lot of great double hitters <laughs> since 1936 that have never reached that. Yeah, well, it, it's kind of weird that this may, may come up the, in the year of the home run because balls are leaving the yard. You know, fly balls that, are, that are, have traditionally been fly balls caught, F9s, um, are, are absolutely leaving the ballpark. Now, for Nick Castellanos to find a way to keep him in the ballpark, you know, hit the bottom of the wall, hit the wall, and get those doubles, I mean, that takes a little bit of talent. I think he's almost trying to get to the record and, and try not to make sure that launch angle's too too elevated here. Like, it's uh, it's almost like you, you, you've hit your home run, your double, and your triple, and you need the single for the cycle, and you hit one to the gap and stop at yeah, first, right. right? Like, he's, it's almost like... Well, and he's hit a bunch of bombs since going to Chicago. I think he's got 15 bombs since yeah. the deadline. So it's not like he's in driving right. the ball out but of the like, ballpark. How does Biggio never got to 60 doubles? Stan Musial, uh, Stan the Man, speaking of uh, nicknames. That's a, that's a pretty good name. When you're nicknamed the man, <laughs> uh, like even Albert Pujols hit a lot of doubles in his career. Yes. How about that moment? Mike Yastrzemski really cool. hits a home run at Fenway Park where his grandpa Carl spent his entire Hall of Fame career at. That game was crazy too. Like 25 pitchers they used and Six something hours. like that. Six hours. But Mike Yastrzemski hitting a home run. And it and it was great. You see him throw out the pitch to Carl yeah, to Mike. Yep. It's just what a, what a great that's, moment. That to, baseball does those things. That's does, a yeah. baseball thing to have yeah. happen. You know, your Tyler Skaggs night, you know, yeah. it just it just happened, right? Like these things that just are kind of like like in, in Field of Dreams, they go to Fenway and they see Moonlight Graham on the thing. Like, I'm not saying that happens all the time. I'm just saying baseball 
it's almost like baseball, there is a god of baseball. Yeah. I don't believe in sports gods, but it's yeah. almost like there's somebody there's moving. A high, there's a higher there's power a, There's a higher to, power, to sport, for, for sure. sure. Uh, okay, the last thing I want to get to and around the horn, Major League Baseball testing robot umps. Um, we, we've seen things like being able to steal first. I don't know if you, I thought Ugh. that was so goofy. Ugh. Um, and now robot umps. Is this... I don't know how you feel about the, the human error. I, I think it's part of the game. Now, I think that you shouldn't be 10 feet offside like Matt Duchesne was, yeah. and then you bring in an offside rule. <laughs> um, but I'm not sure I'm... And listen, I get mad at uh, umpires for strike zones all the time. But you know what? The opponent, the, the guy who's cheering for the opponent against the Dodgers is probably also getting mad at strike zones. It goes both ways. Your thoughts on taking the human element out of the game? You know, I think it takes the human element out of the game in a couple different facets. One being the umpire, the relationship there within the game, uh, you know, working like we talked about earlier, working with the umpire, the catcher, the relationship. It takes uh, a little bit of the finesse technique and ability from the catcher to make pitches look better than they are, to work with the, the, the home plate umpire. Now, if we look at, you know, is that worth not getting the call, right? You know, at the root element, no. Is it? No, it's not. But uh, we start getting into robot umpires. You know, at what point do we get into robot players? Is that 20 years down, 25 years down? Like Robot managers? You know, uh-oh. The, the, You're in trouble. <laughs> I'm looking at finding a new career. Um, you better start doing your Bender impersonation from <laughs> Futurama to uh, to qualify as a robot manager. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, replay serves a purpose. It's important. Uh, there's like like you said, the egregious Matt Duchesne offside. We don't want that. Home but, runs, but home you know, runs. You can but check that. yesterday in the Blue Jays game, uh, Kevin Biggio is on the bag, and the video clearly shows mm-hmm. that he is, and it's still not over. Like that part of. Mm-hmm. So if it's not perfect. And we're going to get into this strike zone situation where robot umpires or stat track is is calling the game through a, a, a an earpiece and the umpire is delivering the call. You know, it takes out a little bit of that romanticism of the game. You know, uh, when you needed replay, when when uh, Jim Joyce ruined the no hitter for uh, yeah. for Galarraga, right? Like that, that. Those are the moments you need yeah. replay for to egregious errors to overturn them. Not whether a ball is half an inch outside of the strike zone not or even. not. Let the like umpire an, an 18th, deal with that. Uh, one thirty-second of an inch off the black. That um, There's some nuance to this sport. You know, no pitcher looks the same. No swing is the same. You know, n- nobody nobody does anything the same. You know, there's no 100% way to, to, to play baseball. I think sometimes that, that um, you know, umpires, you know, get the negativity surrounding them uh, based on horrible ball strike calls. There was one in the Blue Jay game where Brett Gardner, uh, that ball was clearly a- away, mm-hmm. um, you know, gets called a strike. That's horrible. Now, how many times out of the 250 pitches did that happen in that game? Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm guessing probably not, not that lot, many. Though, you know, man. one, um, it was a, an egregious mistake. It shouldn't ever happen. But now, that you know, 162 games, 250 pitches a game, you know, what are we looking at that's so um, outlandish that we need to replace the human error elements? You know, that nobody likes that called strike. That that's not appropriate. It's horrible. Um, but over the, ski, the the grand scale of the game and all the pitches that are thrown, do we need the robot umpire to call that? You know, like 
the stat the, the what we're watching on the TV isn't always accurate. Okay, like the the the, the strike zone, zone, you know, um, balls cut, balls move. You need to see the overhead, and when a ball is, is coming across uh, across the strike zone or just flirting with it, right at the knees, right at the black, you know, on one side of the field, they want that call. Mm. And on it's the also the way the, the catcher field, frames it too, right? It's important. You know, the catcher that's, frames that pitch and, and and catching that pitch in a way to make the umpire yeah, think that yeah. it's a it's a strike, right? And it's a perfect pitch. You yeah. can't hit it, and it's going to get called a strike. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's the art of pitching. You know, guys have made Hall of Fame careers on that. So, you know, to boil it down for robot umpires, um, you know, I'm not against looking into trying to make the game better. You know, they, they, we we need to explore all options as a sport. However, I, I don't think I'm ready to see it. You know, robot umpires, you know, they're going to take away from some of the flow and, and the metrics of the game, inside the game. There's a game inside the game. That's what makes baseball special. So I'm not looking forward to it. Uh, hopefully hopefully we find a way not to have it happen. Um, we've already got so much replay on the field, that um, which, I, which I agree with. We want to get calls right. But when we look at replay and we still can't get the call right, and we're now we're trying to progress – to robot umpires, what are we talking about? And real quick, we look at tennis and how quickly they're able to get replays up. Like, why can't that technology be used in baseball? You know, watching Bianca play, if they if they challenge a call, it's like ten seconds mm-hmm. later, the whole crowd gets to see it. We know what it was. Done deal. Like why? smaller surface though, too. Okay, small, yeah, smaller surface. Um, for baseball, the foul line's pretty small surface. You can have a camera right down there. Yeah, they don't move. You can have a camera on yeah. all the bags. You can just have a camera down the line. So yeah, yeah. more more cameras needed, but the surfaces are actually smaller in baseball. You don't need one camera for the whole thing. Boom, boom, down the lines, down the lines, on the bags. Dude, there you go. You have it all set up. So um, soccer, big pitch. You know They're able to get offsides called dang near instantaneously. The, the, the referee has an ear, earpiece in and said, hey, this was offside, and he can make the call you know, later into the game and, and come back and make the ruling. So um, there, there's some more advancement I think we need before we look at eliminating the human element. Let's get back to the action. This is the Prospects Baseball Show. All right, uh, a little history class now before we uh, move along with the show. 1947, and uh, I don't know why this wasn't in 42, but uh, before the game against the Giants in a sold-out Ebbets Field, the Dodgers staged Jackie Robinson Day, uh, the Brooklyn rookie who endured, we know, uh, so much uh, racial bullcrap during the season as he was the uh, first black player in uh, modern Major League Baseball. Uh, and apparently all of the teammates crowded around him at home plate to take part in the ceremony. I don't know why they left that out of the movie. That would have been a great moment. It's almost like that Pee Wee Reese moment where he puts his arm around him. Uh, Two years later in 1949, this is kind of funny, Cleveland owner Bill Veek and a few players hold funeral services to bury the 1948 pennant at center field. So they had won the pennant the year before. Uh, the tribe was mathematically eliminated uh, the day before from the American League pennant race. So they won the pennant the year before. They get eliminated. And they have a funeral service for it. Um, 88, we remember this. Jose Canseco becomes uh, the first 40-40 player when he swipes 39 and 40th base in a 14-inning victory over the Brewers. 
he would finish with 42 uh, home runs and 40 stolen bases and would never have a 30-30 season in his 17 years in the May. It's amazing, eh? Like he had a 40-40, uh, but no 30-30. He must have been on that good stuff at I that guess point so. that year. Speaking of that, uh, Barry Bonds in 2001 ties Sammy Sosa for the second most home runs in a season, hitting a 66th round tripper. Uh, the uh, left fielder uh, set a major league record with 34 road home runs, passing Babe Ruth and Mark McGuire, who both had uh, 32 dingers. On my on my Sports & More on Thursday, Sports & More Live, I didn't have a show Friday. We go off the beaten path a little bit on Fridays, so I moved it up to Thursday. My wild card question was, because there was a big a- uh, Area 51 thing yeah, happened, yeah, yeah. alien stock. So I was asking... What alien, what sport would an alien be the best at? I said uh, baseball because you know every pitch that's uh, coming in. I guess they could walk you every time. But then I came to the conclusion that Barry Bonds is an alien. (laughs) So this is my philosophy on Barry Bonds. Um, In Pittsburgh, he was great. Then he got abducted by aliens and sent back (laughs) down as an alien. Because what does every alien have in every movie? A giant head. E.T., Alien, The Simpsons aliens, they got giant. Barry Bonds gets abducted by aliens, comes back with a giant head and hits all these home runs. So I think Barry Bonds is an alien. Like there was a Barry Bonds, then they abducted him, and they sent this Barry Bonds back, but it's an alien with a giant head, and he hit all these home runs. Yeah, he did make baseball look a lot easier all of a sudden. Yeah. Don't you think Barry Bonds could be an alien? I, I think with you lining up all these things, uh, I mean, I never looked at it this way, but now you do. You know, maybe I should be. Yeah. Barry Bonds is an alien. <laughs> ah, memories. Tell us your best baseball story, and you could be watching a prospects game from a suite and taking batting practice before the game. All right, something uh, weird happened with the uh, iPad there. But this is baseball memories. I don't know <laughs> what the heck happened, but we uh, were just talking about aliens, do you know? Something is uh, something's amiss. Something is amiss. Uh, what's your uh, What's your baseball memory today? I have one about uh, being as a kid. And we're going to hear uh, a story from Cam Moon uh, later about uh, coaching. Um, my baseball memory was, um, you know, as a kid, our team lost. And then for some reason, another team wanted to pick me up for like uh, provincials or whatever. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. So yeah. we went and we went camping. And uh, I actually met a guy on that team that I'm still really, really good friends with today. And it was great. Um I didn't know what to expect. I was like, I don't even know if I'm going to play. And I ended up playing like second base a little bit or something. And we lost in the final, but it was great. It just felt great to think another team, you know, thought I was good enough to do that. So uh, that's kind of my baseball memory today is, uh, you know, this is the, like, you know, provincials have wrapped up at this time, but, uh, you know, late August, Manitoba, small town, new team. I felt like, uh, like I I felt like I was called up to the big leagues almost. It felt like, right? No, that's really cool. Uh, I do have a, a memory similar to that. Uh, my last year of junior, uh, junior baseball, I think that's uh, 19 to 21. Uh, you know, I was 20 years old at the time. Um, you know, our team had, had got eliminated uh, uh, from going to nationals. Uh, that was actually, we had a, a, a tough game against, uh, 
Yokotoks dogs at the time, the Calgary dogs, it was, it was a battle. Uh, we, we weren't able to get it done and we had some players going away to school. So we weren't going to be representing, uh, the province at Westerns, uh, baseball's changed now. This was, I guess this would have been 2000 or 2001, I guess 2001, um, so the St. Albert program went, was going to uh, Westerns uh, that was in, in Winnipeg. And, uh, you know, I wasn't going back to school yet, uh, just yet. And, and um, I got a call. I got a call from AJ Fistro. Um, AJ and I have since ended up managing against each other in the WCBL. And, and yeah, I consider AJ a, a friend. Uh, AJ's now working at uh, Home Run Sports down there in Okotoks and, and doing some of that stuff. Uh, but was a huge part of the Okotoks dogs as they became what they've become. Um, AJ was kind of the, the, the first skip there and had a lot of success. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, AJ's from St. Albert. There's a, there's a big St. Albert connection with Doug Fistro and, and AJ Fistro and the Fistro family, uh, being from St. Albert. So AJ was a coach and, and I got a phone call. Um, I got asked if, uh, if I'd be willing, or if I was interested in coming with the team, uh, to the Westerns in Winnipeg and, uh. You know, it was a little bit surprising because growing up uh, on South Side, uh, St. Albert and, and the teams I was on had a rivalry. And it was, this was old Western League style rivalry. There was, there was not a lot of love lost between the teams. And, um, you know, naturally there were some players on that team that maybe uh, we didn't get along so well as, as opponents. Uh, so it was kind of a tough decision because this is the enemy's lair. You know, it was a big rival. You know, we've had battles against this program. Uh, but I've, I always had respect and I always had a lot of respect for AJ, but personally, like I just liked the way he went about managing the ball club and doing things. So, um, I accept it. Now, when I showed up for the bus, you know, I, I'm walking like the, I'm the last guy there, of course, and, you know, I get there late and, uh, the whole bus is full with guys that I've grown up not liking. <laughs> so I got to walk on the bus and, and I'll tell you what, Dino, man, like the, the power of sport, the power of baseball, um, similar to your experience uh, and, what, and what Cam Moon will describe, uh, you know, didn't take that long that I got buddies on the bus ride. We're friends all of a sudden. We're, we're joking around. And, and, you know, by the end of the trip, um, some really good friends. And, and Felt a part of the team. Felt a part of the team. Had, had a great time. I didn't play extremely well, so I kind of, that's a regret that I wasn't able to uh, perform as well as I would have liked. Uh, but that was never an issue. I was never never mm-hmm. treated poorly because of that. You know, I was one of the guys and I really appreciated that. And I appreciated the opportunity to represent the province and do all that. I took that to heart. That was important. And you know what, dude, like I still play fantasy baseball in the league that I'm in right now with a couple guys from, from that trip. So, uh, you know, friendships, uh, were created and, and that's lasted, you know, 20 plus years. So really for- feel fortunate that I got that opportunity. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay. Enough rambling from us. Let's get to our first and only guest of the day. Play ball. It is always wonderful when I can catch up with our uh, next guest, Cam Boone, the voice of the Red Deer Rebels. Uh, that is, uh, uh, mostly what, uh, he is known for having uh, called the Red Deer Rebels uh, since the beginning of time, um, I think. Uh, but also, Cam Moon, if you don't know this, is a massive baseball fan. Mooner, thanks so much uh, for joining us. Um, you know, I-, I remember talking to you about what you do on the bus, and-, and you said during the baseball season, you listen to baseball games a lot. What What is it about, you know, hockey was obviously, um, you know, a big part of your life. You played in the in the Western Hockey League, I believe for every team. And, uh, and, and, and you've worked in the Western Hockey League for a long time. But 
Where's baseball? How did you get into baseball? What do you love about the game? And, uh, you know, why is it such a passion for you? Oh, I, I played it all the way up. Thanks for having me on because this is an absolute pleasure. Uh, I played it all the way up as a kid, um, right until junior. And I always loved the game. And I don't know, it's just there was something about baseball. And my dad was a, a big influence for sure on that because he loves baseball. And going to to games as a kid and living in Edmonton and going to watch the Trappers down at Ducey Park back in the day, and we'd go to a lot of games. And there was just something about it. And they were listening to games on the radio. Yeah, I'm on the bus. I've... I am crushing those things and I'm reading baseball books and yeah, it's what I love about the game so much is that you can't take a knee and you can't run the clock. Like you have to throw it over the plate. You have to get 27 outs and nothing's over till it's over as Yogi Berra would say. And he's absolutely right because things can change in a heartbeat and you think you're rolling through six, seven innings and that, that doesn't mean anything yet. It doesn't mean a damn thing until you get the 27th out. Like that, that's what to me makes it so good. And I think part of it is, is the drama in big games, how it can change. Uh, there's just, I don't know. It's just something about it and being at the ballpark on a great day. And yeah, it's, it's tough to beat. It's just a great game. Yeah. We, we spent some nights at uh, the ballpark, you and I this year while watching mm-hmm. some games and, and it's funny, we were chatting um, and you would listen to a, co- uh, a couple of shows and you were like, man, I have so much in common with, with Jordan Blundell. So oh. it's, it's amazing. The things that you were telling me that you guys have a fairly similar background. I think you were goalie too, Jordan. Yeah. Were you? yeah, yeah. So it's a, uh, it's eerie. Oh my God. That's it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, and, Brother, you're way younger than I am, but <laughs> your dad worked for CN. My dad yep. worked for CN. You moved around. I moved around. Well, I was born in Edmonton, and we lived in Montreal for a couple of years. Then we were in Kamloops Same. for seven, and then back to Edmonton. And then you had your time in Nanaimo. I spent three years calling the Clippers games in the BCJ there. Like it's it's uncanny, really. Well, I had a short short stop at uh, University College of the Caribou. Now it's called uh, Thompson Rivers for a year and a half. So we have Kamloops wow. in common as well. That's unbelievable. I like when I listened to the show. I was like, "You've got to be kidding me!" It was just <laughs> one thing after another. I'm like, "This sounds all the same." So you talk about uh, moving around a little bit. Tell us uh, where your son's at nowadays. Oh, well, he just got back. I mean, I he I don't know how he does it, but he falls ass backwards into all sorts of uh, opportunity. <laughs> like seriously, it's it's ridiculous. So he just got back on Wednesday from Germany, and he played in a and I don't even know how to pronounce the name of the town, but Kiel, Kyle, I don't know. It's on the north part. It was north part of Germany, north of Hamburg. So he played there this summer, and they had him uh, you know playing for the team, but also coaching little kid teams. And he just got back, yeah, on Wednesday. And I know he's talked to a couple of clubs in Australia to play in the winter, which is their summer. So I don't know if that's going to happen or what, but it might. So he might be leaving soon enough um, to go there. But it was his first opportunity to play in Europe, and he really enjoyed it and really enjoyed Germany. And I guess they were right on the Baltic Sea, so I don't know what's not to like. Hmm. Um, 
But yeah, he's he's seen a few places. He's been a few places. He did a couple of years down in Lethbridge. He did a couple of years at uh, Niagara County Community College, just north of Buffalo, and uh, played three seasons of high school baseball at Badlands Academy in Oyen, which was a really really good experience. And then would come back and play here in Red Deer in the summer. So yeah, he's. Has had quite a baseball existence and uh, has been able to play in a lot of different places and do a lot of things. Not unlike yourself, because I, I see you've you've played and coached like all over the place, which is unbelievable. Yeah, you know the the experience that your son's uh, getting over there in Europe is uh, you know lifelong memories for sure. Tell tell yeah. us a little bit about like your your son's journey from from Badlands to PBA. You know, maybe what positions he played growing up and when he kind of specialized on one side of the ball and how did he get over to Europe? Well, he in uh, in high school and and triple A midget, uh, he would pitch, but he'd he'd catch and and first and third and all the non speed positions. <laughs> as, uh, we he turned many a triple into a double, so we were uh, <laughs> always throwing him in corner spots. Um, so he did, I would say, yeah, those those positions the most. And then once he got out of high school and went to college, he didn't pitch anymore and was playing yeah, first, third, didn't catch a lot uh, in the U.S. I went and watched him a couple of times at uh, Niagara County, and they would play Division One teams in the fall uh, before the real season in the spring. And the team he played on was very good. Uh, their recruiting was was top notch, and they would beat a few Division One teams in the fall, which didn't surprise me. Once I got down there and actually saw it, what blows my mind and and growing up in hockey and working in hockey, we see it just in a different sport in our country. The depth of of players, uh, like around here, you know, you got Triple A midget, you got school sport. And there's no shortage of really good players uh, trying to play in the WHL. And and there, I went down and watched uh, the JUCO baseball, and I'm like, oh, my God, there's no shortage. Like, there's one after another after another, and they've got a, a squad of, you know, 30 guys, and they're all really, really good players. Like, And they're, they're letting go really good players. And there's a million schools down there, which means, like, the, the amount of – of good baseball players is just you know, it's times 20 what we see here. I just, I had no idea. So he played you know, corner positions there. Same thing at PBA. Uh, we went to Germany. <laughs> we went to Germany. I don't know how they do baseball over there. <laughs> we played a bunch of games in center field. So <laughs> I'm, I'm not quite sure how uh uh, how, how they, uh, you know, work stuff. But, you know, if he was the fastest guy they got, I'd sure like to see the rest of them. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, he played a bunch of games. Instead. He actually, in Germany, he played every position. He pitched and played every position hmm. uh, defensively, uh, but mostly uh, at center field, which is unreal. And he loved it. He said it was great. But, yeah, he caught. They had him catch some games, but they had some guys that could catch. And then, um, he played, yeah, all around the infield and everything. So he said that was really fun to to do all the the different play all the different positions. And you know, playing in Alberta, like it is really. And I, I uh, watched quite a bit of 
games this year at the Bantam AAA level, level midget AAA level, um, which they call 15U, 18U now. But uh, the baseball in Alberta just keeps getting better and better. And, and I think because of the, the great work that uh, the academies have done and that the coaching's got so much better, guys like yourself, uh, Jordan, working with these guys are just getting better and better. And we're seeing the level of play go up and guys are getting drafted now out of Alberta. And we see Mike Soroka doing what he's doing with Atlanta. When, when my son played in Red Deer, he played against Soroka, who was playing for the Calgary Redbirds at the time. And you could see he was a special talent. I mean, it was pretty obvious this guy is, you know, he's going to have a shot. And obviously he's done very well. Um, I love seeing that. I love seeing the game grow in our province. And, and now it would also, I, I really like seeing is when, when teams go to uh, a national championship and like 20 years ago, if you went to a national championship, either BC, Ontario or Quebec, we're going to win it. Mm-hmm. And now that isn't the case. Alberta is in the mix uh, on any of those things, whether it's the, the Canada cup with the 16 year olds or, or whatever national championship, Alberta can compete with the, with those big three. So hockey has taken you to, to where you are from your playing career to now your, your broadcasting career. Um, you know, and, and some guys would be like, wow, I, my, my son, I really want him to be a, a hockey player. But when your son gravitated to, to baseball a lot, you must have been so happy because you, you love the sport as well. You didn't need your son uh, to play hockey. And I, I just watched Field of Dreams. We did our top five movies last week. And, you know, that scene where he's like, Dad, do you want to have a catch? Like, just melted oh. me. And all I thought about was playing catch with my dad in the backyard. And, um, you know, he wasn't a great athlete, but he could he could catch the ball. Um, what was it? What was it like uh, when your when your son was like, "Yeah, I want to play catch in the backyard." Like that's a dad's dream, isn't it? Oh, it was the best. So we live across the st- in Red Deer, and we still live in the same house. We live across the street from an elementary school, and from the time Levi was five, I would say five. Yeah, he went to school across the street. Dad, let's go throw and, and hit, and and we did that. In fact, <laughs> we still do it. <laughs> we still go yeah, across and good. like you know. Hit me catcher pops, which I love doing, uh, or at least attempt to do. It takes a little while. I don't need to tell you, Jordan. It's it's not easy. Catcher pops are hard to hit. Uh, I don't know how your prowess is. Mine. It takes a little while till I find that groove. Um, so sometimes I'll be I'll be hitting those, and uh, yeah, we we would go across the street. That was always a big deal uh, of just hitting and throwing and and hitting fly balls and hitting ground balls and. When he said, like, and he played hockey until the end of Bantam, but when he was, you know, made the decision to go to to Badlands, that meant hockey was going to end. Well, competitive hockey was going to end. Right. He took his equipment to Oyen, and they they, could, they had no problems getting ice time there because they were, he was on the ice all the time, and he landed up refing on weekends there. He got his uh, refing certificate, and uh, that helped him make some money through the winter. But like I. You know, like hockey's crazy. Let's be honest; it's crazy. Like the, the hockey parents and minor hockey in, in Canada is—it it can be a little over the top at times. Um, so it didn't break my heart, that's for sure. And and baseball is—it's such a fun game. It's such a, a social game for the parents in that everybody's not losing their marbles and it's not uh, you know high intensity all the time. There's intensity at times. But it's intermittent, and it's just more of a 
social atmosphere. Uh, and, you know, when the weather's good, what's better than spending a weekend, you know, wherever you are uh, and playing like four games. And I, uh, I was really happy. I was, I was glad that he, he took to the sport to begin with and, and then stayed with it and loved it. And now it's a life's passion for him. And I would think when he's done playing, I, I, I could really see him and he likes coaching. I could see him I know, trying to find a, a job at an academy somewhere because that seems to be uh, what he wants to pursue. Yeah, that's cool. I like, yeah, wish him the best of luck here. And, and uh, you know, you're right. Uh, you kind of touched on uh, the level of baseball uh, elevating here in this province. And, and for that matter, uh, you know, across the country uh, as, as players yeah. from, you know, the East Coast have come out here uh, specifically to the Alberta academies and, and trained and done very well for themselves and then brought that message back to Atlantic Canada and have also spurred the development here within our province. And, and yeah, uh, yep, for sure, the level has, has grown. Uh, you talk about uh, spending a weekend at the ballpark and, and loving being outside in the great weather. Maybe we didn't get that so much this summer, but um, nope. the opportunity to do that is there. Now, speaking of opportunity, uh, we're looking at uh, some news that's come out recently about your neck of the woods in Sylvan Lake and the prospects of them coming into the WCBL in Sylvan Lake. Um, I want to get your thoughts on that, Cam. What do you think about that? I'm very excited about it. Uh, It's tempered, though, because I need to see this. I need to see this building built before I get real excited. Uh, That's the the proposal is that a whole sports complex will be built in Sylvan Lake, kind of on the west part of town there. And there will be there'll be a team in in the league with with the Edmonton prospects, which which is great. I mean, I think that is, uh, I think that's outstanding. Now I want to see it happen. Uh, I know know, years ago there was, uh, it was, it was attempted here in Red Deer down at Great Chief Park with, um, with the Red Deer generals and only lasted a couple of seasons. And now Great Chief Park in Red Deer is, is, I mean, the playing field's great. Mm-hmm. The the location's beautiful, mm-hmm. right down by the river. All the trees, gorgeous. It's just not a great place to watch a game. It's it's steel bleachers looking through a chain link fence, which is a bit of a pet peeve of mine. If I'm going to watch baseball, I, I don't want to watch it through a chain link fence. Uh, through a net, no problem. But a chain link is a little tough. Uh, I hope I hope this works out. I hope the the facility gets built. Because I look around this province, and Jordan, you've been to probably all of them. I, I've been to most of them. But I look at what they have in Lethbridge. I look at what they have in Medicine Hat. And granted, those have been there a long time, but they're wonderful. Uh, what they've built now in Fort McMurray. Uh, these are, and I mean, Okotoks is, is ridiculous. Um, but they had somebody that was willing to, to throw a lot of money there, and they they got a great facility. What you have in Edmonton, oh, God, I love going to that ballpark. Um, those are great places to watch games. And I think if you're going to make this successful as a business, um, the fan experience has to be good. So I, I, you know, I hope they get that built. And it, you know, it sounds like it's going to happen, and I, I can't wait till it does because I, I really like – I love that level of baseball. WCBL is great baseball. 
uh, you know, you got Canadian kids, you got American kids. Uh, it's high level. You never know what can happen. All that sort of thing. Good, good races to the to the playoffs. Playoffs are fun. Like it's just, it's a great game and uh, it's a great level. And we don't we don't have it here. And it just it just seems wrong that you know there's it's right across our province yet it's not here in the middle of it. And we've got you know a city of Red Deer, which is you know, the third or fourth largest city in Alberta, depending on the day, uh, with Lethbridge. And Sylvan Lake, I mean, that's 15 minutes away. It's not right. very far. So, yeah. So I, like, I, 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 I'll be very excited when it, when the, you know, shovels go into the ground and and it gets done. But yeah, we need a. I think we could really use a, a top end baseball facility, facility here for sure. You know, the one of the great. I loved um, in my broadcasting career when I got to Regina and then I eventually got to Edmonton because I was mm. getting to those big big markets, but. What I missed about working in Brandon or Red Deer was the ability to just uh, take a camera and go watch a ball game for nine innings at Great Chief Park or at yeah. uh, Andrews Field in in Brandon watching uh, senior ball uh, because uh, you know a bag of spits, a sunny day, and a ball game, and maybe yeah. maybe a hot dog and a beer. Uh, it really doesn't get uh, a whole lot better than that. Um, what did you like specifically? Because because we sat at Remax Field this year and. Listen, Mooner, we're going to get to your Trapper's memories in a second, and, and we all would love AAA baseball to come back. Like, who doesn't want to sure, watch but... the next Tim Salmon in, in Edmonton? But that's a pipe dream. It is not coming back. We have no. to get over that. So what did you specifically like about the WCBL? And, and, and you actually coached some of the guys that yeah. play, played in this league. So, you know, when you went to the games, what did you enjoy about the league specifically, the caliber, things like that? Well, and, and that's part of it right there is that you know, some of the kids are local. Like these are kids that have come up through the program programs around the area, whether that be the prospects with Edmonton area kids or Alberta kids. Or if you go watch the dogs, I mean, there's a lot of kids that have gone through the dogs program there. Same thing in Medicine Hat, same thing in Lethbridge. So I, I enjoy that aspect that we have a place for – for the kids that have come up through here to play a real high level guys that have gone on to play college baseball, whether they're playing college here in Canada or whether they've gone south of the border, either way, there's a spot for them, but we also top it up with some American players. And, and I know, you know, you don't get like a, a ton of like, give one guys coming here, but so what? Like the guys are, like I said, there's so many good players down there that the level of play is very good. Like, and if you haven't been to a game, you do yourself a, a favor. If you love baseball, even if you don't, it's just a good time, but you'll see how good they are. These guys are, are you know, it's a, it's a quality league and it's quality players and you have depth. I, that's another thing that I like about it. There's some depth. It's not like it's just, you got two or three pitchers. No, you got a whole pile that can actually really throw. But I love the sight lines. I love the sight lines at the ballpark because um, you're up a bit, and then you can you can see it all happening. I, I always sit on the third base side. Always did. Even at Ducey Park, always sat on the third base side for a few reasons. The biggest one is it's just a great view, and then you see the buildings. You see the legislative buildings, the downtown. You got the River Valley, like. When they were way, way, way back, when they were figuring out when they were gonna, where they were gonna build the 
park. I think they kind of nailed it there with, let's put it right here. This is a good spot. Yeah, it's a really good spot. And it's right in the middle. Everybody can get to it in like 30 minutes or less. So I appreciate that. But yeah, that's, it's just, it's a competitive league too. And we're, you know, the, there's at one point, maybe there was some teams that, um, you know, had a tough time recruiting that seems to uh, have improved quite a bit. And, and the recruiting's improved a lot because the league's getting better known. It's, it's a well-known league and, and guys are, are loving to come up. I, I also, I really liked hearing that Jordan, when you were saying that some of the, the American guys that had come up had never been to Edmonton, you know, couldn't believe how nice the park was and how nice the city is and, and kind of the situation that they're in that here we are, like we're, we're kind of the team here in the summer in this town and, and look where we get to play. I think that's great. And uh, I hope that that uh, the ballpark has a long life there because I think it's uh, it's a great park and a great part of town. Well, you know, uh, it, it was it was interesting when I picked guys up from the airport. Uh, we come mm-hmm. down Gateway all the way down into the River Valley. And, you know, as we were approaching the River Valley, uh, I remember one of the comments from the guys was, man, it's really green here. You know, and, and that's not the case everywhere yeah. down in the U.S. Right, yeah. You know, it was really clean. It was really green. And as, as we approached the River Valley, I mean, we all know how special that part of the city is. Um, yeah. I got a funny story, actually. On the way up in this particular drive from the airport, uh, there was a group of cyclists. There was like, there had to been like 30, 40, 50 of them coming down, you know, Gateway, heading north towards, you know, White Ave. And... Uh, <laughs> I told the player that, hey, man, you're in Canada now. This is what a bike gang is. <laughs> and, and I tell you what, man, the guy looked at me and he, you know, he's going to believe coach right now. He doesn't know that I'm pulling it, pulling his chain a little bit here. That's yet. beautiful. <laughs> so we get into, we get into the city and what I would do, uh, we get into downtown, we get over to the ballpark and I would walk the players in, we go out into the outfield and I give them the view and I tell them from center field, hey, take a look around 360. Yeah. I said, this is the best view in the city, my man. Mm-hmm. And they said, yeah, coach, you're right. Let me get a pick. I got to send this home. And so the word gets spread through all the channels at that point. Well, even, sorry, you you would send videos to the players during recruiting yeah. of like Canada Day at Remax Field. Yeah. And that's yeah. like a clincher, isn't it? Yeah, no, 100%, man. Uh, to, to be able to play in front of that kind of a special crowd and to touch on that, the Opening day this year was 3,000 people. It was awesome. The buzz, the murmur. Mooner, you were there, right? Yeah, I was there for yeah. opening day. Yeah, I, inter- I interviewed you during the broadcast. You know what? Uh, mm-hmm. now, now that you speak of that, there there were a few times this summer that I could hear a faint heckle from above, <laughs> above me in the third base area. And now that you've told us that you spent yeah. a lot of time on that, maybe that was you. And, you know, I could always well, hear you a little bit of you got great prices on the beers, you know, yeah, like it takes its toll. And by the third period, I can get, a, you know, maybe I get a little mousy at that yeah, point. Right. I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. I like that. So we're at, uh, when we go down uh, and travel on the road, some of the cool things that you mentioned about all the great ballparks here in, in Alberta, you know, that's a draw for our guys. And, and um, the level of play has, has uh, elevated in the WCBL and uh, we've been able to attract more division one players. Um, but for our listeners, I wanted to make sure that they understand that, you know, like you said earlier in the conversation, when you went down to see Juco ball and, and, you know, in the fall Juco teams can beat D one teams. Um, the level of baseball in the U S is it's, it's kind of funny. It, it, 
it, it all depends on who's on the mound. And there's some big, yeah. t- big time guys all over the place in the U.S. And if that guy on the mound decides that he's not going to give up anything, um, he could be at a JUCO, a D3, an NAI, a D1. Is this, You're not going to score on this guy today. Um, and the levels kind of intertwine uh, with where they're at. So uh, for our for our program last summer, I think we had six or seven guys that were D1. Um, there was a couple guys that weren't D1 that could easily play at, you know, a ton of D1s, you know, maybe not the top 25 because they're so deep. Uh, but you get into the top 50, 75 D1s. I mean, we've got access to those programs now, and it's just kind of creating those relationships and making a fit happen. Yeah. Um, for this upcoming summer, Cam, are we going to see you in the ballpark again? Uh, are you going to spend some time oh, up in Edmonton? Yeah, there's a 100% chance of that happening. And I am going to get as, as much time. Yeah, I spent a ton of time in Edmonton this summer, and I will again next summer. And that ballpark to me is like it's a beacon. It's, a, it's, like, a, it's like a pilgrimage for me. And, and I go early and I stay late. <laughs> Because I'm good. taking it all in, baby. Yeah, you know when you talk about uh, the, the depth in the states, it reminds me of uh, every World Junior. Uh, we talk about Canada could field two teams at that tournament, right? Uh, the, we're so deep yeah. in hockey, and that's the way Americans are in baseball. Their depth in baseball is uh, just as great, if not better, than our depth in uh, in hockey. Um, now, now you also have have coached baseball uh, quite a bit. I think you did some coaching this summer too, didn't you? Yeah, I coached the Zone 4 team, which is Central Alberta, uh, for the Zone Championships, which is the the eight zones of Alberta, the top 15-year-olds, and, and there's a few 14s in there too. They do this every second year because then every second year that isn't a Zone Championship is uh, is a Alberta Summer Games, which is basically the right, same yeah. tournament. Yeah, so I, I coached it um, this summer. We were up in Cold Lake. I haven't been to Cold Lake since I used to work a hockey school up there that uh, John O'Grodnick would run uh, on the base, and it was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, it was way back. This is like mid-'90s, early-'90s. So I hadn't been up there since. They've built a whole facility up there. The ballpark was unbelievable, and they've got a football and soccer field. They've got a rink. They've got a high school and a baseball facility all together, and it blew my mind how nice it was. We played on this like amazing field. I went and walked around on my bare feet because it was so nice in the infield. It was like, it was like walking on carpet. It was just about like a golf green on the, the infield. The outfield was real lush. It was nice. So yeah, I, I like coaching the, uh, the zones because it, it keeps me involved. Uh, but it doesn't tie up the entire summer, much like um, coaching the, the 18 U's or the 15 U's where you're going from April till into August, uh, just after a WHL season, it's, you know, that's, uh, that's, it's a huge commitment, but I like being around the game and, and, uh, and, and just, you know, the, the competitive level, like these kids are really good and, and they love the game. And it was, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun up in Cold Lake. I didn't realize they'd built such a nice facility there. And it was, it was a really good time. And, and it's a, it's a great event because you see these kids, especially with like a central Alberta team or, or if you were in one of the Northern zones, it's kids from a lot of different teams coming together. And by the end of the weekend, they're all best friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in the city, it might be a little different because I mean, it might be just a bunch of guys from, 
from one or two teams <laughs> because that's just the way it is. But yeah, from here, I mean, we had kids from all over the place. And in fact, our team, we had a bunch of Red Deer kids on the team and Red Deer was the one Bantam club that qualified for Western. So our team got gutted and we lost a bunch of guys because the Westerns was the same weekend. So we got some kids from all over the province and put together a bit of a ragtag Bad News Bears style club, and uh, it was a lot of fun. All right, Mooner, so you uh, you mentioned the amount of time that you spend at the ballpark now. Let's go back to being a kid uh, in uh, Edmonton. You're a North End guy, so the trek to the ballpark, uh, well, you and Jordan, both North End guys, but uh, you South, would make your way. Oh, South you're a Southside yeah, guy? South side oh, team. so that's the Come one on. thing you have uh, <laughs> you don't have in common. There may be a rumble after this. Well, I this, was uh, born interview. on the North Side when my okay. family moved back we, okay. we settled in the south all right so tell you us about, hey, you guys moved up yeah, yeah. Big time. <laughs> tell, tell us about your uh, your baseball memories as a kid uh, going to the ballpark you know who you remember watching things like that what it was like to be at those uh, you know legendary trapper games oh yes i love those le- legendary trapper games i remember going to a game do you remember steve rogers that pitched for the montreal expos you yeah. bet yeah yeah, yeah. I remember when he was on the downslide, and uh, I want to say the Angels signed him because I think the Trappers at that time were uh, an Angels club. And he came down and he threw, had a tough night, got thrown out of the game. But the the ballpark was packed because everybody wanted to see uh, Steve Rogers throw. So that was like that was pretty exciting, you know, to have this big timer that everybody knew at that. You know, that would have been about oh eighty four ish and and Steve Rogers was was, you know, uh, a huge exposed pitcher in the very, you know, late seventies, early nineties early eighties. Yeah, it that I remember that night specifically. And of course the playoffs were in September. And you know what what September can be like in Edmonton. It could be hot or it could be not. And it was not. And they won that championship and it was freezing cold. And I remember their manager was Moose Stubing and he was, uh, he was quite a character of the game, which was, uh, yeah, it was, that was, it was pretty special. And, you know, all the games back then were on the radio and I remember listening to Al Coates and I'd have the game on all the time. If, you know, they'd be on the road and, and back then Hawaii was in the league. Mm-hmm. They had the, the, the Hawaii Islanders, I think that's what they were called. And and the teams would go over there, but they'd only go over there once. So when you went over there, you went there for like a week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they play like six, seven games. I can't imagine what. Can you imagine playing Triple A? Like, oh, we got to go to Hawaii for a week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, tough sell. They would uh, they would come to Edmonton Mooner and play eight games in seven days. They would always yeah, that, have, they would have a double header double header Sunday before they went home. That. Um, that sounds completely right to me. Uh, yeah, yeah, that does. Steve Rogers, obviously very famous for giving up the Rick Monday, uh, Blue Monday uh, home run, uh, in which a lot, like, I, I, I never even mentioned that around Low Tide because he goes berserk. If you bring up Rick Monday's name to Low yeah. Tide at TSN 1260, it's not a good day. But that, that was the cool thing about those Trapper games is, uh, you know, we, we had uh, Al Coates on last week and he gave us his all-time Trapper team. And the names... The names were ridiculous. Bichette, Salmon, um, you know, Ron Kittle, like all these uh, just ridiculous names. I remember all of them. Yeah. Like, I remember when Tim Salmon came, it was like, he's going to be here for one year. Yeah. Like, this is all you're getting. 
he's, he, this guy's not going to be here beyond. He might not even be here for the whole year. And he went on and, yeah, was amazing. I remember Devon White mm-hmm. running around center field, tracking down everything. Uh, they had a pretty good run. And they had, like, they were tied with the with the Angels for, oh, God, I want to say it was about seven, eight years. Like, they had a pretty good run of of guys going from here to to California when they were called the California Angels, of course. Uh, yeah, it was, that was uh, that was pretty exciting to to watch that and to see those guys. And, and, and you know, maybe we couldn't fully appreciate uh, what we had at the time, you know. And, and Calgary had a team and Vancouver had a team. And I saw games in Calgary. I did see games at Nat Bailey in Vancouver when they were AAA. And, and that's a wonderful ballpark, too. Uh, but, yeah, that was going to the going there and 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 like the old Boosey Park like let's be honest it, it was no Taj Mahal of uh ballparks like it was a big wood um you know whatever it was old <laughs> but it was fun and it was fun because you were tight and close to the action and you got to see real good baseball well and you could project you could say I'm gonna see this guy in Major League Baseball soon Just, listen not unlike when you know, Red Deer Rebel fans of, uh, you know, the, the early in this millennium in 2001, they were w- winning the Memorial Cup and people would say, can't wait to see Colby Armstrong uh, in the NHL. And then they get to watch him in the NHL. And I watched that guy live at the Centrium, right? It's the same thing. I watched Tim Salmon at the ballpark in Edmonton. Now I'm watching him become a Hall of Famer or whatever in, in Major League Baseball. That's the connection that minor sports uh, gave you. And listen, I think... Uh, you know, there's not a ton of WCBL guys going to the show, but there are guys that will move on to higher levels, and and you can still follow yeah. their career with the internet these days, right? Yeah, yeah, that and that's it's it's fun to watch their journey, like to see you know, where they're going to go. The big guys, and there'll be guys that'll move on from the WCBL and they're going sure, to yeah. play pro. Yeah, there's how uh, high they get up. Who knows? Yeah, there, there's a couple guys that have got up there: Marco Gonzalez and Andrelton Simmons and Kitteridge with the Rays and. There's a bunch of guys in, in many different levels, you know, of organized. There's some guys in independent league. There's a ton of guys actually in the independent circuit from from our league. So, uh, and that's grown over the years. Um, really good opportunity for guys to get a feel of what pro baseball is like for a couple months. You know, kind of during their college um, experience to come up here and play play the schedule do the road trips, you know, learn to get along with each other, come to a new town that they know nothing about and, and find their way. Um, the WCBL provides all that. Uh, we, uh, we touched on uh, a little bit of the pro experience and, and uh, the, uh, the name of the Hawaii Islanders sounds really generic. Like they didn't, uh, they didn't put a lot of effort and thought into coming up with something uh, with some pizzazz. Uh, we're going to get into some top five nicknames of baseball players. Um, you know, having said that the Islanders probably uh, wouldn't take a genius to figure out uh, that name for Hawaii's baseball team. Cam, do you have a couple guys, a couple names uh, from your baseball uh, experience and love of the game that stand out for you? You got a couple nicknames that are your go-to, uh, like classic, uh, classic guys from the past? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, here I, we go. Always- Fred McGriff, the crime dog. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was awesome. Uh, and of course, he was a Toronto Blue Jay. Um, the Wizard, Ozzy Smith. And he was just like such a good player and made amazing plays. So acrobatic, so athletic. 
uh, Lenny Dykstra of the New York Mets, and he was they called him Nails, and he was tough as nails. Loved Lenny Dykstra. Loved the '86 Mets. That was a fun team. Yeah. Doc Gooden. What yeah. a nickname for for that guy, the right? The Straw Man. The Straw Man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The Straw Man. Doc Gooden missed the uh, parade. Missed the parade after they won. Oh, that guy had that guy had some stories. I'm sure. Oh man, no kidding. I, uh, I like um, I like that they call Noah Syndergaard Thor. That's outstanding. I don't know who came up with that, but that's perfect. Uh, I I remember watching, and this totally dates me, but I was I remember being like way into the um, the '77 and '78 World Series, and Reggie Jackson. That's when he got the Mister October tag, mm-hmm. and he hit the three in a row in '77, three consecutive pitches, which is which is really good. What I found really funny was years later when Dave Winfield was struggling in the early 80s and then George Steinbrenner called him Mr. May. I thought <laughs> wow, <laughs> yeah. That was kind of funny for Dave Winfield. But hey, he won a World Series with the Jays years later. Um well, even Yogi Berra. Like he's everybody just thinks that's his name. That's right. It's really it's Lawrence. Same with Sparky <laughs> Anderson, right? Like those are all nicknames. <laughs> Those are great. I love that stuff. Like, ah, oh, baseball's got the best stuff. It is. It is. There's, there's so many great you, names. Come on, crank some out for me. Okay. Well, we we uh, we do have our uh, list of uh, top five nicknames. Uh, I'll go with uh, mine first. Um, the the honorable mentions that I have are the say hey kid. Like, you know, he, Willie Mays, he could have had any, like, maybe best player ever. I don't yeah. know. That could have been a nickname. But <laughs> the GOAT, but say, because he would say, say, hey, what do you, can I get a, a pop over here? Say, hey, what do you think the weather's going to be? Like, that's what, that's the say, hey, kid. And you mentioned it, the Wizard of Oz. Um, you know, just, uh, you know, play on the name and things like that. But for for number five, I got the uh, Spaceman, Bill Lee. Mm-hmm. Can, you know, Montreal Expo. And the name fit his personality. Um, the human rain delay for Mike Hargrove. Uh, you know, I've, oh, I've heard I've heard a couple of pitchers get uh, nicknamed the uh, the human rain delay for how long they take. But Hargrove, he was like like he he made Nomar Garcia Para look like he was fast getting into the uh, batter's box because Hargrove was all over the place. Uh, I loved like Dennis Oil Can Boyd. Like how is that not a like that's a legendary nickname used to drink a lot of beer and they called it oil or whiskey or whatever it is. And so that's where he got it. Uh, Shoeless Joe Jackson, just because uh, I'm, I'm such a big fan. And the fact that he actually took his cleats off and played in uh, bare feet one time. And Jordan knows which nickname I'm going with. Number one, I'm going with the bulldog Oral Hershiser. And I love that Tommy Lasorda, like he just reamed Oral Hershiser out one time in his rookie or his second year, talking about how he gave too much respect for the players and the book on Oral Hershiser when he was drafted, mentally weak. And so Tommy Lasorda <laughs> gave him the nickname Bulldog so he would feel like a bulldog going after it. So I love nicknames that have like a good story behind it. So so that's my top five. Uh, Jordan, what do you well, like? Yeah, I mean, us? I've got so many. Uh, I, I, I mean, save my top five for later in the show, but I've, okay. I've got so many. I, I'd love this opportunity to bring them up. Uh, like the player weekend, the nicknames on the back. Yeah. There's some beauties. Yeah. Um, Mark Canna in Oakland, 
uh, on the back of his jersey had Tom Ace. <laughs> you know, anytime somebody puts an Ace Ventura reference yeah. out there, you can get a laugh from me. Um, you got uh, Evan Marshall with uh, the Chicago White Sox uh, on the back of his jersey. He's got Forgetting Sarah. Um, another That's one. Right. That, Very good. You know, just makes me laugh. Right? As soon as I see it, it just makes me laugh. Kyle Seeger wore Corey's brother Corey's. on his uh, <laughs> on his back. Uh. You know, uh, it's a couple of the classics, you know, Splendid Splinter, the Georgia Peach. I was a big Ty Cobb guy as far as how he played the game. Same, similar to UCAM with Nails and Lenny Dykstra. Like those two yeah. guys, that's how I wanted to model my game after. Just play as hard as you can and let the chips fall where they may. Um, you got the, the Manihilator, Sean Manai in Oakland. You know, classic play on words. And then JD, the bringer of rain. You know, what they did this summer and then get the uh, the bumper shoot in the dugout after a home run and they'd rain down some water for them. Um, you know, when you got a lot of downtime in baseball, there's some opportunities to come up with some good stuff. I appreciate you sharing uh, some of your names there with us. You know what? Somebody uh, texted in and we'll get to it a little bit later, but Bert, I'll be home by Bly Levin. Yeah. I'll be home. That's Bly Levin, you know, like <laughs> some of them, are, they're really creative. So um, we're going to get to a little bit more as we go. But, uh, you know, baseball, I don't know. You you see this more than probably anybody, Mooner. Nicknames today are terrible. They are an ER or an S or a Y at the end of a player's name. Well, that's a hockeyism. That's hockey. That's, that's what I mean. Yeah, you, you see it in hockey ball. all the time. Yeah. Baseball has yeah. so much better nicknames because maybe you have more time on your hands. I don't know, but... Uh, you know, the worst nicknames ever are like the ER, the S, or the Y. Like, that, there's just no creativity in that. No, there is. The hockey is it's, it's totally butchered, the nicknames. Yeah. All right. Mooner, thanks so much yeah. uh, for uh, yeah, joining awesome. us. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. I had a, a really a lot of fun hanging out with you at the ballpark the, this summer, and I really hope that if it doesn't rain for uh, 28 out of 31 days in July, we can do it a lot more next year as well good luck with the rebels this year uh say hi to brent for us and uh we will uh, chat with you again uh, down the road about some baseball thanks a lot buddy right on hey thanks for having me on i will see you at the ballpark for sure thanks cam play ball take me out to the ball game take me out with the crowd Buy me some peanuts and crackers. Want two tickets to an upcoming prospects game? Get your thinking ball caps on and answer this baseball trivia question. If they don't win, it's a shame. For it's one, two, three strikes, you're out at the old ball game. All right, that is the wonderful singing voice of uh, Christine Bandalo uh, as we get into Take Me Out to the Ball Game Trivia. Um, when the season rolls around, we will have tickets again uh, for the prospects. Uh, still to come, we'll get into fantasy baseball and our top five nicknames in baseball of all time. But uh, trivia question, we talked about the Cubs earlier uh, losing uh, four games at Wrigley Field to their hated rivals, the St. Louis Cardinals, and allowing the Cardinals to clinch at Wrigley Field. Like, they basically, the Cardinals lived rent-free at Wrigley Field this past weekend. So the trivia question is, what was the name of the stadium that the Cubs played in before it was called Wrigley Field? I'll, I'll accept two different answers uh, for this one. Tell me what Wrigley Field was called before 
it was Wrigley Field. If you're correct, email us, prospectsbaseballshow at gmail.com. Well, you can email us if you, if you don't know if you're correct, and we'll send the pride back to you in an email, uh, free shipping for the pride that we'll send back to you. Our answer, our question last week was uh, a, a bit of a tough one. Nobody actually got this, dude. Dave Winfield was drafted by four teams in three different sports. We wanted you to name them. So, obviously, he was uh, a baseball player. He was drafted by the Padres. In the NBA, he was drafted by the Atlanta Hawks. In the ABA, he was drafted by the Utah Stars, which is <laughs> where the four teams come in. He was also drafted by the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, he chose baseball. Kyler Murray, as we just saw, ninth overall pick by the A's, uh, chose to play football. But, you know, whatever team got Dave Winfield, he was going to be a star. He would have been a star in any sport he was going to play in. And thankfully, unfortunately for that seagull, he chose <laughs> baseball. Yeah. Dave Winfield was uh, just an, you know, Cam talked the, about the original him, right? Freak. Yeah, he was just an, an absolute uh, stud and, uh, you know, wasn't until years later where guys like Bo Jackson and Deion Sanders decided to play dual sports, yeah. but Dave Winfield could have. Uh, he he probably he would have been able to play in you know whatever off like football, baseball, yeah. right? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, probably wasn't gonna put the skates on and. Uh, well, try you to, know, to I heard I heard the, the Montreal NHL. Canadians were poking around there. How they invited them for a preseason? <laughs> it would have been the Canadians too. <laughs> hey, they would have found a, found a stud in that. So, uh, what was Wrigley Field called at first? Before it was called Wrigley Field, uh, send us an email, prospectsbaseballshow at gmail.com. It's fantasy time. Fantasy baseball, that is. Who needs to be in your lineup? And who shouldn't? We've got the latest info to help you dominate your league. Bumgarner's 1-0. Bellinger swings. High drive. Center field. At the wall. Grand slam. Cody Bellinger. It's go time. All right. Uh, fantasy baseball. Um, something I haven't paid attention to <laughs> since I was uh, knocked out uh, earlier in uh, our fan in the first round of our uh, fantasy uh, baseball playoffs so i haven't paid a uh, whole lot of uh, attention to what has been going on in uh, fantasy baseball um, but i did notice uh, today our, our league just ended and the guy that beat me that i told you was the atlanta braves he lost in the final yep. <laughs> so so it uh, ended up uh, working out that way um, so I, I was like, okay, well, uh, I kind of wanted the team that beat me to win the final, but it didn't. Uh, so I haven't paid a whole lot of attention, uh, in my league. I have paid a lot of attention to the amount of injuries that have had an effect on oh, fantasy sure. baseball, uh, and it had an effect on your league. Yeah, it definitely changed uh, the destiny of some managers. Hopefully they're able to keep their jobs here, uh, coming into next year. Um, the, the, the final was un unreal. So I'll paint the picture for you last night. And then we talk about this fantasy doesn't start till Saturday. Um, and, and a lot of times it isn't over until Sunday night. Um, and this is no, no different. So the championship was the, the team that had the lead from, from the get go, uh, uh, stacked team, stacked roster. So they get into Sunday night and they're looking at, uh, a pretty close matchup. You know, it could go either way. Uh, so 
Sunday Night Baseball, we got the Indians and, and uh, the Phillies on TV. And as it turns out, uh, the, 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 eventual, the eventual winner of our league was trailing Sunday night with his last game left. And he was trailing, and it was so close, and RBIs, home runs, and runs scored. And Fran Miel Reyes comes up in the seventh inning. And there was some, some uh, discussion back and forth on our WhatsApp uh, group chat that, uh, hey, Cody, you're going to win this one. And uh, well, hold on, hold on here a second. Fran Mill's going to come up with a guy on base uh, before this one's all said and done. If he hits a home run, I'm going to lose. And sure enough, Fran Mill Reyes in the seventh inning hit a two-run bomb. It pushed the RBI to the trailer uh, who took the lead in that. It tied the home run, so it took a win off the board. And then the, the run scored was 37-35 to 35, as it turned out. So... It came right down to the final game in the seventh inning of the fantasy baseball league season for the championship to be crowned. That's what all our fans want. Uh, You know, we just provide a good product for everyone that follows uh, the Brewball Fantasy Baseball League. Um, I have to tell everybody, I was successful. I was the third place, snuck into the playoffs right near the end of the year. Congratulations on your participation, Ribbon, for third place. (laughs) I once asked Rob Dom, uh, the Golden Bears had traveled to... Fredericton to play in the national championship had lost in the semifinal. Then they had to play a third place game. Nobody likes a third place game except the Olympics. Yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough game to play. Like how did your players even get up for that? I, my, I would have been there's, like, there's hey, big... players, it's a third place game. Go get as hammered as a party all you want. We don't care about this third place yeah. game. You know, it, uh, the guys, uh, they made a commitment. And they made a commitment to the brew ball, <laughs> the the uh, the hammers there. So uh, they they decided to give her one more week. Uh, they are able to get it done, and uh, there's a little prize waiting for the third place uh, contestant. So after a long season, we'll take it. We're going into the off season with some some good vibes, and now uh, we're going to try and build a championship roster come next spring. If I got on the bus with my fantasy team and some guy was holding a third place trophy, I would throw <laughs> it out the window. I'd be like. Uh, Paul Newman, Reg Dunlop, when yeah. the guy's playing Lady of Spain, I'd be like, don't ever bring yeah. a third-place trophy on the bus again. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, we're we're going to take this one, and then we're going to celebrate it. We're you guys are going to tour around yeah. the city. and <laughs> There's uh, a parade lined up. Uh, all right. So uh, that puts a wrap on uh, fantasy baseball uh, for another season. Uh, I don't really know what we'll talk about uh, if, for fantasy baseball going forward. Uh, I don't know. Oh, there's um, lots. We'll, we'll figure it's a, something out. It's a full-time out. job, Dino. We'll come up with some topics right. for fantasy. The pitch. There's a long one to right field. Forget about it. This one is headed for New Jersey. High into the upper deck. Barry Barnes with a spectacular three-run homer. Who is the best left fielder of all time? How about your favorite shortstop ever? What a double play by Ozzie Smith. Oh, mercy. It's time to build your all-time team. So it's an all-time team of nicknames yep. is what we're doing uh, for this segment. And um, there are still things that, uh, you know, there, there are no games right now for the uh, Edmonton prospects uh, for us to give tickets away. But there is a winter banquet. And uh, if you uh, send in your top five nicknames of all time in Major League Baseball to Prospects Baseball Show at gmail.com. That is prospects baseball show at uh, gmail.com. And you send us your list of your top five uh, baseball nicknames. 
we could uh, you'll be in the mix for some tickets to the winter banquet. Um, I think that's going to be a, a lot of fun, and I'm really, really looking forward to it. So I'm just uh, going to find some of the uh, nicknames that were uh, texted uh, into the program. Um, why don't you uh, Why don't you lay down? some of your nicknames uh, while I look for some uh, Twitter participation yeah, here. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with this. Uh, uh, a lot of the nicknames I, I know, I looked up some nicknames. Uh, you know, nothing was a surprise. I, I, you know, I'm in, involved in the game and, and you know, love it. So uh, there's, a, there's a few good ones. So um, I'm gonna hit on a couple and then we'll get into our, the top five. Mm -hmm. uh, El Tortuga, I love this nickname. It's uh, Willens Astudio, he's a Minnesota Twins. El Tortuga is, is turtle in Spanish. Mm -hmm. He's got that kind of weird body. He can actually move a little bit. When you see him run, it looks funny, but he can actually run a little bit. Uh, plays plays uh, third base, a little catcher. Uh, can hit a little bit, so that, that's a fun one. Um, all rise for Aaron Judge. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Uh, he's got his whole corner out in right field in Yankee Stadium. Like what a perfect fit! Like you, like that's such a baseball thing. The judges with the Yankees in right field, and then they wear judges attire, and they say all rise. Uh, the Kung Fu Panda, that's a classic one. That's that's for every age. Everyone gets to enjoy that Pablo one. Pablo Sandoval, yeah, yeah, Pablo. Um, a cool one is Pronk. It's Travis Hafner. So when Travis Hafner first kind of made it into the big leagues, uh, he came through the minor leagues. And there was, there was parts to his game defensively and like ironing out his swing before he became an all-star. Uh, and he was kind of, his nickname was the project. He was huge, like mm -hmm. WWE Brock Lesnar, huge, like massive human being. So he was the project coming up through the minor leagues. And then, you know, one spring training it, uh, one of the guys, you know, call him a hey, nice job, you big donkey. Cause he's a huge dude. So they put those two together, project and donkey and called him pronk. Uh, so that was cool. And, and for me, there's a connection there. I got to hit with Travis Hafner when I was a sophomore at school. He's from, mm -hmm. uh, near Jamestown, North Dakota. And, and so that's cool. There's a little bit of a, a connection there. Uh, my fantasy baseball stud, Pete Alonzo, the polar bear. 50 home runs. Unreal year. Um, like, do you know where that comes from? Like, do you know the no, origin? Not of that? really. No, he, I guess he kind of looks like a polar bear, you know? It kills things. He <laughs> looks like a polar bear. <laughs> He's a big dude. Kind of, kind of terrorizes pitchers. Does he have like white fur all over him? Like <laughs> he shaves every day. Yeah, I guess. So. Um, and then uh, we got the big maple, James Paxton. Mm -hmm. He's got a tattoo on his arm. It's pretty cool. And uh, you know, one one of my favorites, uh, honestly, is is the Todd Father, Todd Frazier with the Mets. And uh, you're looking at. I'll give you one more. Well, I'll give you two more. We'll go the Millville Meteor for Mike Trout. Yep. That's classic. I think that one's going to stand the test of time. That's and, for his hometown. Yep, yep. Millville, New, New Jersey. Jersey. And uh, Mr. November, Derek Jeter mm. in classic. It's so appropriate. To, well, and that, that plays off uh, Mr. October, Reggie does. Jackson, we might, uh, Yankee. We might hear that one here in a little bit. Yeah, Sean O'Connor uh, said uh, that one into us on Twitter. Uh, Chris G., uh, at old general on Twitter, and this is where I got it from earlier. Uh, Bert be home by eleven. <laughs> like that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Tom Pura says the hawk, the rock, boog, three finger, big unit, big train, uh, three finger brown, uh, legendary pitcher back in the day. Had him in Strato. Uh, he, oh, was, he was pretty good. Deals. 
uh, Sultan of SWAT, Splendid Splinter, Mr. October, Shoeless Joe Jackson, Charlie Hustle. Uh, the honorable mention, this is from uh, Chris Kushernick. Chris, uh, uh, oil can and hammer and Hank, and then he's got the big train, big unit, stand the man, the rocket, Roger Clemens. That was a pretty good one too. Yeah. Uh, the big hurt was an awesome crime dog. Say hey kid, Yankee Clipper, um, Louisiana Lightning, uh, Goose uh, for Goose Gossage, uh, Mister November, as you mentioned, El Duque. Remember El Duque? El Duque. He had the big leg kick. He was yeah, beauty. It was, it was Levon and Orlando. Orlando Hernandez. El, El yeah. Duque. Um, somebody sent in five hockey nicknames, which, uh, did not make the list. Uh, the kid <laughs> for Ken Griffey. Yeah. Pretty good one. Um, pistol Pete Rose. I always knew him as Charlie hustle. Yeah. Um, pistol Pete to me is Pete Sampras. Okay. Is that, am I, am I off no, there? No, no, that's uh, that would work too. Yeah. Uh, Ty Tex Cobb. Um, Ricky Florence Henderson. <laughs> yeah. Roberto McCain Alomar. And Harmon, would you like to kill a brew? Yeah, so that's, some, that's a good one. Uh, sent in from uh, social media. Okay, so mine, once again, uh, the two honorable mentions I had were the Say Hey Kid for Willie Mays and the Wizard of Oz. Uh, five, I'm going with the Spaceman, Bill Lee. Four, Human Rain Delay, Mike Hargrove. <laughs> Three, Dennis Oil Can Boyd. Yeah. Two, Shoeless Joe Jackson. And one, the Bulldog, Oral Hershiser. What's your top five? Top five, I'm going, uh, you know, the... Maybe the greatest ever, the great Bambino, um, the Sultan of Swat. He's got a couple nicknames. Yeah, like Babe was his nickname. Well, and, and you know, he uh, was George Herman Ruth, yeah, right? Yeah, and and I'll tell you what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this a tie at five, and, and but keep with the Babe, uh, the house that Ruth built. What a cool nickname mm-hmm. for uh, uh, for real estate. Mm-hmm. It was Yankee Stadium, the house that Ruth built. Yeah. yeah, that's that's classic. Yeah, so so Babe Ruth in that five spot with multiple. Yeah. Uh, on that vein, how about the ballpark that used to be here? It was called Telus Field. Everybody called it the phone booth. Yeah, right? that's pretty cool. Like there's there's cool nicknames yeah. where people uh, totally people go, you know the uh, the the pillbox for uh, we used to be Rexall, right? Like people <laughs> would come up with kind of things like that. But I love the uh, the house that Ruth built for sure. I got uh, in the four spot. The big hurt was a massive human being Frank that Thomas, hurt yeah. baseballs forever. Uh, number three, the crime dog, Freddie McGriff. Um, one of the best names in all sports, Fred mm-hmm. McGriff, the crime dog. <laughs> Love it. That's such a baseball way to do it. Mm-hmm. Great nickname. Uh, number two, I've got Mr. October. Yeah. Uh, you know, to have a whole month named after you and you tip for when, everybody when to it know. ended in October. Well, <laughs> for, I guess last year it ended October 28th, but yeah. For everyone to know who that is, right. you know, uh, that's pretty cool. And, uh, the number one for me is Charlie Hustle. You know, that, that describes a whole genre of a player now. If, if you're, hey, man, that, that kid's Charlie Hustle. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a good thing you to be described as. You know, that was an insult, as. right? Oh, yeah? He was, he was playing too hard? No, it was uh, it was either DiMaggio or Mickey Mantle. Or, anyway, one of the great Yankees saw, because Pete Rose used to run to, to first base on a walk. And, and one of the great Yankees, he was doing something, he said, ah, uh, Look at Charlie Hustle over there. Like yeah. he was insulting him, and Pete Rose is like, "That's my name. I'm gonna live up to that name. I'm gonna run to first on a walk. I'm gonna run over catchers in the All Star game. I'm gonna run everything out." He took that as he didn't take it. He's like a Yankee great. Just gave me a nickname. I'm going with it. Yep, Charlie Hustle, man. That's how you play the game. I love it. Yeah, this has been a lot of fun. Cam Moon was an awesome, awesome interview. Mooner. 
Uh, speaking of nicknames, yeah. that's oh, really creative. Good one, Cam. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> he was a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully next week we uh, learn a bit, little bit more about uh, you know a final decision, and we can talk more about moving forward. Hopefully, with the baseball season next year. Jordan, thanks as always for uh, joining me on the program. Have yourself a wonderful week in this beautiful, yeah, lovely weather that we're having in Edmonton. Ban the shift. Yes. It's gone. It's a grand slam. And that's the ball game.